Hello and welcome to the Betcha Sub Podcast. I'm Sammy Fishbein. I'm Amanda Duberman. And for those of you who are just tuning in, the Betcha Sub Podcast is your weekly rundown of all the crazy shit that's happening in the news, explained by our two funniest friends, which is us. Yes, it is. Today we're talking about an equal pay law for women's soccer. We're talking about Labor Secretary Alex Acosta's role in Jeffrey Epstein's prosecution. And upcoming ice raids. Thanks. Let's get into it. Betches Media presents. I like beer. I don't know if you do. Okay. you like beer, Senator, or not? Uh, my party is going bat crazy. Ah! You're the pop- Alternative facts. Oh, goodness. The Betches Sup Podcast. America! So, Sammy, I saw you at a crazy night last night. Yeah. I <laughs> was in the vicinity of Kamala Harris. <gasps> And enough of a vicinity that I could get a selfie with her. Oh, my God. So I went positively joyful. Yeah, this is what's getting me through the week. Um, I went to an event at the Brooklyn Bowl last night. Basically, she just was like speaking. Charlemagne the God was there. DJ Mm -hmm. Cassidy was there. So she has some pretty serious endorsers. Yeah. (laughs) Um, No, she was amazing. Like she was just so charismatic and just like lovely and some of uh, she had some really great ideas. Yeah. Like, I know she's not the one who has the plan yeah. slogan, but I actually thought some of her, some of the things she said were really amazing. She was talking about equal pay for teachers, um, a tax credit for all Americans making under $100,000, $6,000 tax credit that they could basically like tap mm-hmm. at for $500 at a time. Mm-hmm. So like, to, it's bit, the idea is basically to prevent people from going to payday yeah. lenders yeah. Um, and stuff like that. So... Were there I mean, a lot of people there? There were. It was packed. Wow. It was fully packed. Cool. The crowd was super diverse. Yeah. Um, she also t- she said that if um, Congress doesn't act on gun legislation for like background checks and banning like the import import of assault weapons mm-hmm. and su- and a few other things that she would do it by executive order. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying wow. to think of what the other highlights were. She was. I mean, she talked about it so many things. Yeah. Those were the ones that I was like. Yeah. Saw she wore like a like a, a pedal a soft pink suit and white sneakers. It was it was tan. It was tan. It was a tan suit. Full. I mean, she just oh, she has like this I, lovely yeah. smile. Like I just yeah. She always like she. I mean, you watch her. You know, go after people in hearings, and she's super intense. And then, but then you also watch her like there are so many gifts of her just like being so like jo- joyful. She's yeah. Del- I every. All content about her is delightful to me. Yeah, she's she's like warm. She spoke about her mother and mm. and just it was really it was just very inspiring. Yeah, yeah. I could really see her being just I think people just like I think people yes. sort of gravitate to her right. in a way that is it was amazing. Yeah. As yeah. much as like I we don't like to talk about whether women are likable, like it's it's it's, it's, it's uh, unfortunately it is a quality that you need. Yeah. I mean, I or think the perception that you were likable, and she's sort of pulling ahead there. I mean, she's still like surging in the polls and is like right on Biden's tail. I think that like this question of like likability or electability is look, I think there's you shouldn't be talking about that when you're talking about someone who's clearly unqualified, but you're like, oh, but oh I just yeah, like yeah, them. yeah, that's a good distinction. But once they've passed a threshold right. of like, clearly an accomplished person they clearly have some good ideas they know what they're talking about and they would be qualified for the job i think at that point yeah you then have to be like well most of the country doesn't like have this like wonky perspective on things they don't really understand the issues because they're just they're worrying yeah. about their own lives right and i think that once you pass that threshold of qualified and 
then you have to yeah to me i think it's i think it's really important like i know that it might seem shallow but i think that talking about how likable someone is like and it's not a quality you need to be president but it's a a quality you need to be elected yeah which which you need to be president right yeah but and i mean i don't even think it's like a sexist thing like i think you can have men who are super unlikable and (laughs) as we are aware yeah um, yeah, but it was amazing. I waited outside the little door for her at the oh. exit. Well, so while we were on the way in, there was a, there was a line around the block to get yeah. in. And she happened to enter, like, the, I was in the line in front of the door. She entered, like, right behind me. And oh my I God. literally, because I'm always staring at my phone. Yeah. I was, I like, so I was like, wait, what? She looked at me and she, like, laughed when I said that. Really? Yeah, but. She, oh, you said it out loud. Yeah. Oh, I, I literally, yeah. I, Most people were like, and then I was like, wait, what? Sam I was I, like, wait, what? I li- Yeah. No, I literally <laughs> said, like, wait, no way. Like, she, <laughs> as, as she was walking yeah. in. Um, and then I knew that that would be where I like knew what her yeah. car looked like. That's so <laughs> funny. Would, she would be coming out and, um, I just like, we always waiting and there were a bunch of people waiting and I was like, we gotta get a selfie. Yeah. And I executed the only good selfie I've ever taken. It was great. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. The eyelash extensions from vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Did we, it was well worth it. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah. I've been fantasizing about what I would do if I ran into the soccer team while they're in New York. Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're gone now. It could happen. So we're going to try to get Kamala on this podcast. Maybe if you, like, really want her, guys, you should DM her, her her campaign, tweet at her. Just contact them and be like, like, go on the Betches Sup podcast. We have a shirt with your name on it. I gave it to her (gasps) husband's assistant. Oh, you did? (laughs) Amazing. I I feel bad because I gave them an XXL because that was all we had available. And just like... (laughs) Yeah, I hope she's insulted. She is. <laughs> that's really funny. And, and no, that's like cozy as fuck. Yeah, I yeah. plan to give it to her and be like, "I'm sorry, we only had this size." Right. So many people want a shirt with your name on it. Yeah, but I hope that. Yeah, we knew she liked it sent. because um, one of our followers that has it sent us a picture of her with it, and she was like, "Kamala said she liked my shirt." Well, now she so has we her, her one. very own. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that was very exciting. Seriously, DM her. Tweet, tweeted her whatever it is just tell her to come on this podcast because like i do think there's a reasonable um chance that we could get her so yeah if you guys want her it's you guys can be the change you wish to see in this <laughs> in podcast, <the> podcast. <laughs> yeah um amanda what is getting you through the week obviously more women's world cup things we'll probably retire this shortly maybe i'm not making any promises but um sort of two big things that are kind of related to their fight for equal pay, which has really just like entered the mainstream conversation and become a conversation about equal pay at all. Um, But on Tuesday, Senator Joe Manchin, he's a Democrat from West Virginia, introduced a bill that would prevent any federal funding for the 2026 World Cup until the U.S. Soccer Federation provides equal pay to the U.S. women's and men's national team. So the 2026 World Cup is going to be here. It's going to be in the U.S. It will obviously, they'll need a ton of money. I think it's various places. I tried to figure it out. I think it's like, all You'll around. have to take. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it has to be in like a certain region, but um, I'm sure places are still like vying for where it's going to be. But still, those host cities will need a lot of money to build infrastructure. It's like, I mean, I'm sure it's similar to when you hold the Olympics, like the government is a huge part in sort of helping you out and fund everything and build the facilities that you need. And so Manchin's office is basically saying, like introducing a bill saying we're going to hold that hostage until you pay women and men equally or equitably you know it's not often you hear joe manchin and right. a positive thing in one sentence yeah so. like a democrat from west virginia is it's a rough a rep- it's a yeah. rough place to be yeah yeah 
And then in addition to that, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. So yesterday there was a big ticker take parade. You probably saw all of like the fire pictures and celebrations from it in New York City for the UN, U.S. women's team. Andrew Cuomo was there. Bill de Blasio was there. They looked they were very clearly like the least cool people there. Just like <laughs> watching them on the floats, just like loving life. Um, yeah. So during that parade or prior to it, Andrew Cuomo, who's the governor of New York, signed an equal signed equal pay legislation. Um, that will prohibit unequal pay on the basis of a protected class for all substantially similar work. So that applies to people in New York. The law will also forbid employers from asking employees about their salary history, which apparently that discriminates against women because women just are, you're already underpaid. So if you're going in, um, I thought that was interesting. So, you know, both of these are kind of symbolic moves. I think New York already had some of these protections, but I still think it's really cool that this is equal pay as a bandwagon people want to hitch themselves to. Right. It's about time. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's get into the main news. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first thing we want to talk about is the upcoming ICE raids, which are scheduled to begin this Sunday. Yeah, yeah. The U.S. Citizen and Immigration Services Director, Ken Cuccinelli, he said yesterday that they're definitely happening, and then officials told the New York Times that they're going to start on Sunday. Yeah, so they're expected to take place in at least 10 major cities those would be atlanta baltimore chicago denver houston los angeles miami new orleans new york and san francisco what trump would refer to as sanctuary city i mean they would probably even refer to themselves as sanctuary cities because it doesn't in my opinion that's not a bad thing right um and the raids are intended to target thousands of members of undocumented families um as of now there are about a million people in the u.s with, with removal orders and the raids will also, inc- but in addition to that, they'll it'll include collateral deportations, which means that authorities can detain immigrants who just like happen to be there, even if they're not an initial target. That also seems like, how is that not racial profiling? Like, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess maybe they would ask for their documentation, right, but, yeah, but like yeah. do people who are documented but like hispanic or maybe right. they just got documentation do they carry their documentation around like yeah. I, that's it feels very hitler's germany to me right well when this was announced so this was supposed to happen last month but there was like uproar and trump was like i'll work with the with democrats to try to come up to some you know changing asylum policies and all that and this is when there was like a big uproar and all the mayors of those cities were like we're going to do everything we can to not let this happen. Um, the agency was like really annoyed with Trump for tweeting basically a warning because like now people know what's happening He's and they're so prepared. Bad. His own so evil bad. plan. And it gave so much time for like advocates and activists to like publish and share a lot of information on how to avoid. Like you don't have to let ICE into your house. We should publish that. Yeah. If they like bang on the door, you don't have to let them in. So like. What are they going to sit there all day? Right. Exactly. Here's my, here's my question. Like as someone who is an observer of this like what what actions could someone like us take like do you do you house an undocumented immigrant like i guess that's what people did for the jews in, right the, the, like yeah. I, this is whatever whatever you may think about the the concentration camp analogy i happen to believe that it is a sound analogy yeah maybe it's not yet what auschwitz became but it this all is similar like, right when this when this was first announced everybody was making comparisons to kristallnacht yeah it's a raid yeah and they that is what they of would ethnically do. They similar would round, people yeah they would round people up they would ask they would like measure their noses and yeah. shit and be like you're not aryan like yeah no shit <laughs> um but yeah so this is what it seems like um mass so what hysteria do, do like do you 
I feel like the last time this happened, I heard a lot of like the best thing to do overall is just support groups that provide legal help because a lot of this is as a result of people not having legal help. I mean, the agencies say they're mostly targeting people who have like been provided a lawyer or something. But like, I don't know the quality of those lawyers, like a lot of a lot of big firms do like pro bono stuff. But I mean, a lot of the thing that sucks about a lot of this is that it come it's I would assume it's similar to why you can't donate to um, like detention centers because like. It's banned because the idea is that, like, Congress is responsible for, like, for appropriations, for deciding what money goes where. Right. Like, if if suddenly everybody's allowed to donate, they just will rely on that. Like, it's their job. So maybe that applies to, like, it's hard to, like, directly impact and get involved. But our tax dollars are definitely, like, paying for these hotel rooms. Right. And this is, so there's something interesting here, which is that if, um, if an undocumented parent is found with a child who is a U.S. citizen because they were born here, ICE agents will need to wait with the children in a hotel room until a relative can claim them. Yeah. It just all feels like this is such a ineffective yeah. process. Like you're going to have people chilling. I mean, you know what? I guess the more people who are chilling in a hotel room with these kids, yeah. the fewer have yeah, time the fewer to out there banging on doors. People. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I mean it just seems Yeah or the parents will be fitted with ankle bracelets Until they can arrange for like alternative Accommodations for their kids Yeah so I mean apparently This has caused a bit Of a division within Homeland Security And yeah. ICE because some agents Are like we don't want to arrest Babies and young yeah. kids And, and some for that al- reason like we don't want to Sit around in a hotel room Yeah and also right like actually like Maybe want to do something that yeah they're like we're not Babysitters I have no respect for their profession But I can grant that they're not babysitters Yeah they're not or they shouldn't be Um, Wouldn't it be better if they were capturing like Actually dangerous people Yeah. Um, But also the agents were saying that this is Not going to necessarily be a successful operation Because how much time has been How there's been time for information to Spread about how to avoid them and like Amanda said, you can just refuse to open the door if an ICE agent comes. They can't forcibly enter. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. And I originally Trump had delayed it because, like we said, they wanted Democrats to sort of like make more concessions with him about like asylum and loophole problems at the border. Senate passed a few days later, like a huge, a $4.5 billion humanitarian aid package. And this is when like some of the progressive Democrats in Congress got really upset with some of those exact concessions. Um, right. But now I guess that's, the raids I think are back. What, is that what the, the conflict between Nancy and AOC is about? I think I so. I think it is because the, I yeah. guess more moderate or just sort of right. means, I don't know what I'm calling them totally. mainstream, but just more moderate establishment. Democrats. Yeah. More establishment Democrats were pro this package, even though the package didn't have, their issue, the progressive issue with it was that the package didn't have stipulations for how the money could be spent. Yeah. So technically, it seems like they could spend it right. on whatever they want and stuff. Right. Exactly. Um, rather than actually helping the situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, it was like, obviously, it was going on all week and everyone was like, why is this thing passing? And that was the week. I mean, sadly, this happens every week where you're just day after day seeing more, more and more appalling images and sort of the attitude was just like, we need to get money there and we don't really care where it where else it ends up at this point but here's the thing if you're giving money and you're not saying it has to be spent on these positive things yeah then you're just giving them more money to perpetuate this this, this. yeah it it included a lot of money for like military action at the border which is like just what we need there right yeah all right 
Um, our next story is Trump is having a big week on social media. On Monday, a federal appeals court said that Trump cannot block people on Twitter. Um, there are two reasons for this. One is that the First Amendment is basically prevent under the First Amendment. If Trump blocks people, he's essentially preventing Americans from accessing accessing government information. Um, his team, I guess, obviously claims that this is a private account, but it's clearly not a private account because he basically. He seems to determine like policy. Yeah, it's weird because yeah, this team was like his legal team. I think was like it's a private account, but the White House granted like yeah, yeah. His tw- they always say like yeah, his tweets are policy. What he tweets is what's going to happen, and we know that's true because he'll tweet about the census, and then suddenly that's happening. Yeah, how can they argue in the same week yeah. that this is a private account and not? I think set in I think the, the White House saying like oh yeah, his tweets are what happened. Like they just argue that regularly. I don't think they were arguing both things, but it just like highlights the hypocrisy there. Good that point. his legal team was like, it's private. They just say right. whatever they want when they want. Yeah, most politicians have two accounts. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And also, this is um, the National Archives considers his tweets official records, which, assuming there oh, is God. a world and it's not destroyed due to climate change, these will be a doozy to read <laughs> oh, man, yeah. in like 50 years. <laughs> Could you imagine reading this Twitter yeah. as like just a, you know, someone who's born in 50 years? I read tweets from a year ago and I'm like, how? I know. How? I know. So this all started when a fellow at the Liberal Center for American Progress named Rebecca Bookwalter um, was blocked in 2017 when she replied to one of his one of his tweets saying, to be fair, you didn't win the the White House. Russia won it for you. And then he blocked her. (laughs) I mean, where's the lie? Tell me. (laughs) Tell me where's the lie. Um, So. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, what's happening yeah, there. the decision could have like broader implications for how first the First Amendment applies to public officials, like accounts in their digital media stuff. Um, so now, like now, a couple of people are like going after AOC for the same reason. Like the day after, two men, conservative men, went after her or are filing suits against her. One of them is just straight up like, "Yeah, I'm just trolling." Like I can see her tweets on an anonymous account. I just want to see if the courts will treat us equally, which is the court's job. Right. I'm I, sure they will. I I would agree that she shouldn't block people. I mean, she's also harassed and gets death threats, well, which I'm could sure be a different he, thing. I'm sure he also gets death threats. But with yeah. her, she's not, she's not the president. She's making not, policy on Twitter. Yeah. Right. She's not the president. If I had a guess, like if maybe there's a distinction between blocking your own constituents and blocking um, just random people on right. Twitter, because I, I would think that you probably can't block your constituents. I don't, right. I don't know. Yeah, because the idea is it blocks them from getting information they need about their government. Right. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if the people who blocked her, I don't think they were. Um, no, I don't think so either. No, I mean, no, no actually, a, they. I think they both actually are. They're both. One of them is running for one of them. His name is Joey Salads. <laughs> He is a YouTube Joey personality. Saladino. He apparently does pranks on YouTube that are people consider racist. I I had never heard of him before today. I looked him up today, and his first tweet was like, "Why women soccer players shouldn't get equal pay?" So he sounds like a real a real good a dude. Trip. He's the one that admits it's a bit of a stunt. And then the other guy is a conservative. Um, he he was blocked after criticizing her remarks on on whether um, detention centers are like concentration camps. And I think the suits are both filed in New York. So. I don't probably not her district. Right. But they both happen to live in New York. I don't think they're her district because the um the the assemblyman with the anti anti-Semitic criticism is from Brooklyn. And Joey Salad is running for a seat in Brooklyn and Staten Island. If we get 
a fucking guy in Congress with the name <laughs> Joey Salads. <laughs> I don't know. What I'll His do. full name is Joey Saladino. Okay, but he goes but by, he goes Joey, by Salads. Joey Salads. I'm Amanda Superman. <laughs> oh, and <laughs> I'm running. <laughs> Oh my god! You like should do that. Um, no, don't. We need you here. Yeah, um, yeah. Joey salads. Like, I there's something That's I don't rough. know. Yeah, I'll die. Okay. Um, our last story is a continuation of the Jeffrey Epstein um, saga, and I just want to let you guys know um, we have a crossover episode coming out this Saturday with the Betches Up and Not Another True Crime Podcast, where we did like kind of a full deep dive yeah. into the Jeffrey Epstein situation. It is a true crime story. It is like, a true crime. Meets all the criteria. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean it's their bread and butter. For sure. You got like a pedophile sex ring. Mm-hmm. You got sketchy financial dealings. Uh, all billions of dollars with unknown provenance. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Modeling agencies. A quote unquote modeling right, agency. Right. So um but one of the one of the people implicated in this Story is the labor secretary Alex Acosta, who in 2007 basically gave Epstein a sweetheart deal, um, and which essentially only he only had to serve 13 months in jail, and it was like work release, like sleepaway camp prison. Basically, he could go to work every day, mm-hmm. and then he had like a chauffeur taking him to and from jail. Taxpayers had to pay for his like security guards to stay at, stand yeah. outside his office every day. Yeah, and then he would sleep at jail. Right. That was like yeah. all he did. Um, and Alex Acosta was the U.S. Attorney General for the area in Florida at the time. Yes, but the one thing that I think did, was good that came out of this is that he did have to register as a sex offender, mm-hmm. which is sort of Alex Acosta's argument for why this why he did this uh, do you want to break it down yeah yeah so he spoke for about an hour yesterday which is a long time i mean like he answered questions and he talked for he a long time attention. yeah yeah he's very eager to defend himself um you could sort tell of, he he, he kind of looks like stephen miller he does he does a little the bit same of the same balding pattern the same the same like, sniveling nose yeah yeah they're the same they're similar yeah, yeah. Um, if you want to paint a picture, guys. Yeah, so he's sort of je- justifying his treatment of Jeffrey Epstein. We'll play a short clip of him kind of like going back and forth with reporters. They didn't hear back from you until it was too late. Do you owe them an apology? The agreement that had been negotiated had an unusual provision. You have no regrets. We believe that we proceeded appropriately. Would you make this same agreement today? Today's world treats victims very, very differently. But these victims say you failed them. We did what we did because we wanted to see Epstein go to jail. What is the message to victims who say they don't trust you anymore? The message is you need to come forward. So he spoke. He like answered a lot of questions. His main sort of argument was like, these cases are very, very hard to prosecute. They're very, very hard to get something of this scale to get a man to go to prison for a long time. He just really wanted the dude to serve any time in, in jail or prison and to register as a sex offender, which he has to. He has to, everywhere he lives, he has to register. Well, right now he's in custody, but everywhere he lives, he has to register as a level three sex offender, which is like poses. It's funny because the words they use to describe this is like poses a risk to health and society. It's like, then, then you shouldn't be out. What's right. he doing out here? Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I just want, we wanted that to happen. Any prosecutor who looks at this case would tell you that like we did the right thing. He claims that the, and we go, we go into this in the episode coming up Saturday. 
he claims that the the prosecutors for the state at the time were just going to let it go. And he was not happy with that. So he took it up and just wanted something to do. And since then, the state's attorney at the time has come out saying, like, no, absolutely not. Acosta was sketchy. He, like, brokered a great deal with Epstein's team. But that, I mean, the cops involved with the case have said that the state's attorney seemed compromised, too. So I'm just suspicious of, like, everyone in this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so if you listen to our full breakdown on the Saturday episode, there's a lot. It it seems that this is like a very wide ranging scandal and that a lot of people were either like kind of bought into it or had it. it, It's one of those examples of like deep corruption and just you can't really trust any of the players involved, Um, even the state's attorney, like you said. Yeah. Um, I mean, he also offered a. Acosta also offered immunity to all co-conspirators, which is like, why did you have to do that yeah, if that, you're protecting the community that by was making the him question. register as a sex offender? Yeah. Like, uh, it just... There were a lot of questions. At, like, while he did answer a lot of questions, it just was like, it made it more conspicuous, the questions that he did not answer. And he spent a lot of time saying that, like, the Me Too era has changed how we look at victims of assault, how we ask them to testify, how judges treat them. Like, apparently you can't... You know, judges don't stand for as much like victim shaming. But the thing about that is that I think that's true. But in rape cases, a lot of the shaming of the plaintiff comes down to like exploiting their sexual history. If you're this have all watched Big Little Lies this season. This was like (laughs) 35 women under girls, children under the age of 16. If you're a 14 year old and you have a sexual history, you've been raped. That's yeah. the law. If, if with an, with adults, with an older man. like yeah, there's that's below the age of consent. So it's like, you know, when children say things happen to them, they they usually did. Like they're not, they don't have this conception of like this whole sexual world that they can just make up and they know what to say to like get what what do thirteen year olds like want a settlement for? They have no idea. Yeah, they don't know. They're like, I'm gonna tell my mom I was right. They also I think like don't want that kind of attention. No. Like that's it's they have so much shame about it. I mean, the argument that women come forward for attention is just so ridiculous. Yeah. Be, once you see the amount of threats and just oh yeah, the way it destroys people's lives and and essentially it's like victims have described this as like being raped again. Yeah, and I I believe that based on the way you see that they're treated. Yeah. But to me, I while I do believe that his argument. I think there are people who will buy this. Yeah. And I do think that he made as good of an argument as anyone in the Trump administration can make for their deplorable behavior. Yep. I said it deplorable. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that I think that what if you really think about it, the evidence that this is bullshit is simply the fact that he's even in this administration. Yeah. Because what we've learned about this administration is that if you are an upstanding person, you do not, or a semi like normal human, like Mattis, Rex Tillerson, McMaster, like even like a John, John Kelly. I can't believe I'm saying this. Like you do not last. So the longer you last there, the more heinous your behavior is and the more disgusting behavior it's clear that you tolerate especially considering that trump is wrapped up in all of this too like yeah yeah right i mean guys listen like it's very strange that costa was working so hard to get this guy so little like i don't think that epstein was the only person he was protecting no and that's what we go into in the episode yeah and i think that that epstein is obviously um sorry not epstein i think that acosta is I think he was being paid back. So Trump was uh, yes. like, and I mean, I read this thread last night 
it's always like some random thread. Yeah. That I, I know I always cite like a random thread, but like they're it's an, it's, they're a, it's a media form. It's a media form. Yeah, exactly. The person bef- who was like up for labor secretary before him was like like a spousal abuser or something like that. Oh god. I mean another another example, this guy, his name is Kevin M. Cruz on Twitter. He said that he also listed the 2016 RNC finance chairman who's been accused of multiple counts oh, of yeah. rape oh and the 2016 RNC deputy finance chairman who played for a who paid for a playmate's abortion and the other 2016 RNC deputy finance chairman who's now in prison. Um, the state chairman of Trump's 2016 uh, campaign in Kentucky later pleaded guilty to child sex traffic- oh, trafficking. Oh, my God. And the state chairman of Trump's 2016 in Oklahoma, who also pleaded guilty to child sex trafficking. How so does he know so many child rapists? It, it's I don't un- know any child rapists. Right. So, I don't think. So that's why it's like, yeah, <laughs> that I'm aware of. Um, but that's why it's like, it's, it's becoming more clear that this is the being okay with these things or doing them yourself are almost a requirement because as big of an asshole as someone like Rex Tillerson probably is, I don't think that he, to my knowledge as of now, is doing something like like these really, really seedy things. Like someone like, you know, Madison McMaster, like those are just people that we probably just disagree with. Yes. Bush administration people. Right. So, yeah, it seems that it is like almost... It's a qualification that you're yeah. that you do these things or that you're willing to cover up for the yeah. people who do that. Yeah. So he hasn't resigned. Trump has been like, We'll see what happens. Like I think he's great. I feel really bad he's going through this and like yeah. The only person Trump has ever felt bad for is someone like that's yeah. the only time he ever feels bad for right. anyone. Right. It's like, yeah. Oh, he's treated so yeah. unfairly. Even the Miami Herald was like and you know, the Miami Herald probably they 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 their investigation was huge, but I just think about how much stuff they had that they decided not to publish for legal reasons, and they wrote an op-ed. They wrote they basically called for his resignation, saying like basically with everything they didn't cite that, but like if they are taking that step and they know, and I know that they know more than they were able to publish, like right. they know something that completely disqualifies him. And I think this, the Congress is calling for, for a hearing to sort of learn more about this from him. Great. I yeah. would love to rank the number, the the administration officials by I know. how badly they need to. Oh, God. Are they going to go I, again? I can't wait until it gets like you're ruining this man's life. Yeah. OK. And the 30, the 36 victims on the record. Plus. Right. This episode is brought to you by Symbol Health. Symbol Health is a better way to get birth control. It's all about care that fits your life, making birth control simple, convenient, and affordable with online prescriptions and free home delivery. Whether you're trying out new birth control for the first time or need to renew your prescription, Symbol Health will take care of it for you. All you do is fill out an online health profile and answer some questions to find the best birth control for you. A doctor reviews to find out if you're a good candidate for birth control, recommends a product, and writes a prescription. Then your birth control ships to your door on a recurring schedule, no interruptions. It's free with most insurance plans and starts at $15 a month without insurance. Honestly, if you guys have been a listener of this podcast long enough, you know that I have issues with getting a birth control for a a consistent price and that it's pretty much a Russian roulette that I play every three months, whether my birth control will cost me $100, $400, who the hell, whether they'll even give it to me. 
And it, it, to be honest with you, like it can be very stressful because it's not the kind of thing that you can just postpone or, or put off or just skip some time of. Um, so Simple Health is here to solve that problem. There are no more doctor's offices, waiting rooms, or pharmacy lines. You get your birth control prescribed, renewed, and delivered from wherever you are on your schedule. And it makes the complicated process and often sketchy process of what the pricing will be much more simple. So the prescription is usually $20, but our listeners can try Simple Health for free. Just go to simplehealth.com slash SUPPOD, that's S-U-P-P-O-D, and enter the code SUPPOD, S-U-P-P-O-D, at checkout. I just want to mention that this isn't a replacement for routine evaluations by a primary care physician or gynecologist. You should still get health checkups as needed, but it is the most convenient and affordable way to get your birth control. So again, don't miss your chance to try this out for free. Go to simplehealth.com slash SUPPOD, or just enter code SUPPOD at checkout. So let's get to one more thing. And we have a story that is on the other side of the spectrum of this sort of sexual deviancy. Um, There's a Republican candidate for governor um, in Mississippi who won't who denied a female reporter's request to shadow him on a campaign trip unless she brought along a male colleague. So this isn't this sounds I'm sure sounds familiar. Mike Pence also abides by this rule, which is called the Billy Graham rule. Um, where they just won't meet with women alone unless it's their wife unless it's their wife which it's not going to be um and basically their their defense of this which is like so it's creepy it's creepy but it's also like so extreme that it almost like goes back around the other way yeah um they're he basically says that he just wants to keep things professional and Duh. that he responded to this backlash saying that he can't believe that even in 2019, someone still values their relationship with their wife and upholds their Christian faith. So like he's saying like that this is a faith based. Yeah. um, Policy that he has, which like, you know, if I had to pick between (laughs) won't meet with women because he's uh, so, I don't know, devoted to his faith and his wife versus child rapist i would pick the guy who won't meet with women great choices yeah but it's still it's it's just so strange because like i don't know if i've worked with women too long or like my male bosses have not been straight it's just like it doesn't even cross my mind that like if i go to a meeting with a man he might be tempted right feel awkward it's that's what's so like makes me like itchy about it is like ew why he's like there would be too many opportunities where i would have been in an awkward situation no there's not it's professional it's her fucking job right makes me so angry and like we want to talk about this too because like a study came out about two months ago that 60% of male managers are also uncomfortable mentoring women one-on-one or being alone with them. Right. I mean, 60%. They, they would some like someone like this would argue that it's about like a respect thing and keeping it professional. But like, ultimately it's really just another form of objectification. What's the risk of it not being professional? You being a creep. Yeah. Because that's what, or they think that they're so hot. They're just so irresistible to these women. Like I can't let her in. She won't be able to help herself. Yeah, exactly. Or she might falsely accuse me. Like right. that happens yeah. so frequently. It's just like that. That's going to have a recorder the whole time. <laughs> right. And yeah. And that's just what it's like. It's just another form of objectification. It's like, right. it's like we can't exist we can't, outside of our sexuality. Right. Like, like I can't even meet with a woman because 
there's something there's a sexual quality to it yeah and yeah i mean just what you were saying about you know the after the me too movement that men are suddenly afraid to meet with female subordinates and i've heard this out of the this isn't just even a study i've heard this out of the mouths of certain men that i know um older um (laughs) and they basically yeah they they think that they're going to be viewed that their behavior is going to be viewed as inappropriate senior level men say they're 12 times more likely to be hesitant about one-on-one meetings with a junior woman than a junior man nine times more likely to be hesitant to travel with a junior woman for work than a junior man and six times more likely to be hesitant to have a work dinner with a junior woman than a junior man so i mean it's just kind of another it seems it's just like another excuse yeah to right and it keeps the advancement women in the lower ranks of things because if you're not going to meet with a woman Usually the ranks of power are still filled by men. They won't meet with women because they're too scared. Yeah. It's just too scared. It's so it's so bizarre. These things like this just like I'm like, we're really that far away from like just equality. Like, yeah. I mean, you say you have the sexual dimension. Yeah. They think that this is like that they're so irresistible or that the woman is so evil that she's going to falsely accuse him or he won't be able to help himself. Right. Or and, and then the alternative is that you have the dimension of like you're just it's just another way to keep women, yeah. you know, back in the kitchen. Yeah. It's a big problem when the vice president of the United States won't meet with a woman one-on-one because... Ugh, who wants to talk to him anyway? That's true. <laughs> so Even his wife is like, I'm not... Yeah. You can eat alone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That has been our show. Sign up for the Betcha Sup email. Um, we added a few new features. We have a the NRDC fact of the week it's called don't freak out but and then we tell you something that you shouldn't freak out about but maybe you should regarding climate change um we added the question of the day where we can basic where you we pose a question to you every day and then you can reply to us on twitter and we will retweet you or potentially feature on instagram story if we get a lot of good responses that day so be sure to sign up for the betcha sup email tell your friends about it um this is what helps keep us going and the bigger we get the more likely that we can have amazing candidates like Kamala on the podcast so that's that until the end of democracy I'm Sammy Fishbein I'm Amanda Duberman and this has been the Betcha Sub podcast Betches